Thank you to Studio Sweden Headphones for sponsoring this episode of Film Fracas. Guys, yeah. don't we love our friends over at Studio Sweden? We do. We do. Those Swedes know how to make a good headphone. They do. Uh, they sent us two pairs of their Regent on-ear studio headphones, and uh, Brett and Phoenix have been playing around with them for a few days, and they absolutely love them. Yeah, I got the white pair. Brett has the black pair. Um, they're not noise-canceling, but they feel like they're noise-canceling because yeah. I cannot hear a thing besides what I'm listening to. The sound quality is great. It's stylish. It's comfortable. They're Bluetooth and wired. Bluetooth is, and wired, which mm-hmm, is actually really mm-hmm. helpful. Um, one for recording this and two just to use on my regular day-to-day. That's real nice. Mm-hmm. They Currently, come in a number of stylish colors. Yeah. Yeah. Not I, just one. I, I, the number is two. Two. Yes, yeah, black or white. No, both, both, it is just white. Both stylish. Very, very much designed with the consumer in mind, and yeah. I really appreciate that. Currently, you know, the headphone market only offers you one of two things, style or technology. And these headphones absolutely give you uh, mm-hmm. what you need in each of those categories. If you want to get your own pair of Studio Regents or any of the other great pairs of headphones that they offer, go to studio.com right now and uh, buy yourself a pair. And when you get to that uh, little part at the end, put in discount code FILMFRACKS and you'll get 15% off your purchase just for listening to the show. What, what a steal. Mm-hmm. What a steal. Fantastic. You Don't know what? Practice? I'll take it. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but there you go. Uh, studio headphones, studio.com, enter code FILMFRACKS to get 15% off any purchase you make on their website. It helps us out. It helps Studio Sweden out. All uh, caps? All caps. All caps. Yep. All one word. All one word. It's yep. <laughs> film fracas. Like you just you're screaming it all at once. Film fracas. But anyway, that's great. Help support the show. Help support Studio Headphones. We love them so much. Thank you for sponsoring this episode of the podcast. Now on with the show. Previously on Film Fracas. Well, hello. Welcome oh, okay. to no. Film Stop Fracas. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Shut up. And who are we to deny Michael Hall? And this is us <laughs> being dumb. That's right the now. tagline for the body Why do you have to bring attention to every little thing that happens, Robbie? <laughs> what a bitch! I think my winner this week is Beauty and the Beast. If I'm really just going my heart, I'm leaning to Aladdin. This week, I have to go with Beauty and the Beast. I... My winner this week is also going to be Beauty and the Beast. I think I'm, sa- I'm saying goodbye to The Little Mermaid. But uh, my vote is going to be for The Little Mermaid. This week, I'm going to give it to um, Aladdin. I think if I'm going with my heart, and it could even change in the next few minutes, but I think I'm going to go with Ariel and The Little Mermaid. And now... On with the show. Yo, 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 what's up, everybody? It's your boy, Phoenix Zarola, coming at you. Hardcore, hell yeah, let's go, let's blow it up right now. Here we go. Next person that's coming on to the podcast, Brett The Rock Johnson. Happy to be here. Let's hit him up with Carter's Billiards. Hey, how's it going, everyone? And Robbie. Scram, 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 <laughs> And we got a new episode of Film Brackets. Whoa. Whoa. Good. Oh, yes, that's so much more than any time. 
It's uh, been so much more hype right. than any time Phoenix has it. ever introduced the podcast. Yeah, I wanted to come with energy. It was good I like energy. It. I like it. Let's write it. Let's go. Phoenix let's is just the space jam of people. Okay, let's just right. get it rated. All right. So today we got a very, very intense, very crazy episode. One well, that'll get pretty heated. Well, what happened? Uh, it's the final three. Yes. It's the final three. Good, good, good. Whatever. <laughs> give us a recap. Okay, yeah, give us a recap. So, I'm, I'm not ready for last, this. Last week, last week we did best protagonist, best protagonist, oh, and right. we said goodbye to Ariel, Ariel the littlest mermaid. Little Mermaid. Little, which I read a criticism. I read a criticism about the Little Mermaid after we recorded the episode that I hadn't thought about. It was basically saying Ariel's honestly the worst because she has everything she could ever need, and then is just somehow finds a way to be like, I need more. I mean, that wow. is part of her song is <laughs> like, I want more. It's like So she's like the Don Draper wow. of Disney movies. Yeah. It's like she, she doesn't have like, agency, we talked about it. But that was last week's that episode. That was last week. This, this yeah, week's week. episode, what are we talking about, Brett? We're talking about music. So that's gonna be scores, soundtrack, original songs. And, so And man, do we have music in these movies. We, we got some music in these movies. So, so still in the game, so we have Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Aladdin and Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. This will be a little different than season one's score episode, uh, because we will be including uh, songs with the lyrics. Songs. Original songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, there were some in Who Framed Roger Rabbit last season, but like... Yeah. Um, in this case, two thirds of same our, as the yeah. two thirds of ours are musicals. Yeah. So we thought yeah. it would be unfair to mm-hmm. leave out the wonderful lyrical yeah. Yeah. songs that were written for this these movies, and mm-hmm. so now we're just taking music as a whole. Yep. Yes. Which, right. if you haven't listened to anything preceding this episode this season, what have you been doing, and why are you picking <laughs> up an episode before the finale? Yes, our penultimate episode. I like your chutzpah. <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> sure. Why did y'all not hear those that. sirens in the back? Those are those are the anyway, people just coming want, to get Phoenix. Who wants, to, who wants to start us off? Here. A dead glare. I'll start it off. <laughs> All right, Phoenix. How about we talk about? Let's off. bookend it with musicals. How about we first talk about Aladdin? All right, let's talk about Aladdin. So, alphabetical here, Aladdin. but not alphabetical because we're bookending. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> Aladdin. Uh, I love the music in Aladdin. I think it's fantastic and wonderful um i love it's it's so fun i think it has uh first off it has one of my favorite tracks in like any disney movie uh, a whole new world which is iconic like to an insane degree for a disney movie but even, just not even looking at that one just looking at the other songs like i love the instrumentation in, the, in these um in these songs i'm a big i it probably is from my background in high school but i'm a big fan of like mallets and auxiliary percussion yeah. stuff so i love all the all the xylophone runs and everything like mm-hmm. especially in um uh it's one jump ahead right yeah. that's the name yeah one jump ahead is all those like xylophone fills and stuff and it's just yeah and it's all like really fast and fun and i don't know it's just very vibrant and um very happy and uh it's just it's it's so cool it's such a fun i think it captures the tone of the movie well both like culturally and just like in terms of like uh, the emotion and humor of the of the movie, and I don't know. I think it's really great. So both of our musicals this week uh, are composed by Alan Menken, uh, yes. which is really cool. Mm-hmm. He, you know, he's very important to a lot of Disney aficionados because of his work on films such as Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Both of and them Beauty won and the Beast. best original song and best, best original, original score. score. Which and I feel like it's going to be sacrilege when I say this, but Alan Menken does one thing that I just it bothers me sometimes. Which is that he will fill in like gaps of sound in a live orchestra with like 
MIDI synth like iterations. Like if there's two flutes playing, there's like a, a couple other flutes that are done on a keyboard underneath it. And while it sounded really good, maybe back in 1991 when this was recorded, it does bother me a lot now in 2018 because those senses do just show their age compared to, you know, other things we have today. Yeah. Are you, is that, are you speaking for that in terms of Aladdin or both movies? I think it's, it's an or issue for me with both of his okay. both scores he has today. So, wow. It's just one thing that I'll have to get over with when talking about both of these, but I think it's something that just, it bothers me the tiniest bit yeah. when I hear it, especially on like a loud sound system, like in my car or something when I was listening to these songs, mm-hmm. I was like, ah, the separate, like you can just tell they're slightly off and different from each other. And it just, it, I'm, I'm just making faces to describe how it makes me feel. But <laughs> <laughs> No, I understand. It, it kind of like hits and hits a nerve in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. I mean, I'm comfortable with it, but I mean, I'm, you know that's uh, that's fine. Like I, I understand how yeah. it could just be like striking. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's all right. Yeah. It, it didn't yeah. really bother me that much. Yeah, I, I didn't know. really notice. But yeah. I'm gonna have to go listen to him again. That he pointed it out. Yeah. See yeah. if I do notice it. But I think it's a valid point to make. Yeah. yeah. I yeah I notice it. I um, a lot of, because he did that with most of these early ones. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I just find it very very characteristic of this sound that he does for these. And yeah. So I kind of I just kind of write it off as just part of the sound he's trying to create here. Yeah, and I totally get that it's an artistic choice. Um, it's just one I might not necessarily yeah, agree with. Yeah, you just agree with, which yeah. is fine. And, like, I find mm-hmm. with Alan Menken, and it's another qualm I have with, like, John Williams, mm-hmm. um, I love both of them, and I think they're both absolutely fantastic composers. And John Williams might be my favorite composer, but it's still something that I notice with both of them. They both make music so frequently from for films and they're both so iconic and listened to but i often find that their music kind of it almost feels derivative of of itself at some points like there's sometimes tracks that you could very easily like hear could lead into another track from a completely different movie right like sounds the same and i find that across across alan bacon and that I mean that happens with if you're the same composer you know obviously yeah. you'll have similar themes yeah. you'll have similar things that come it, like, that happens with Hans Zimmer a lot yeah too. and Hans Zimmer mm-hmm. Hans Zimmer also Alan Silvestri does it so too, yeah too. so like, it's like it's, and any prolific composer yeah it's not it's not any any big thing yeah. it's just I I know like even listening to these because Aladdin is a very different score from Beauty and the Beast <laughs> but even then there were occasionally I'd be like oh I kind of hear it when so. you, it's it's it not always here, no, there's just an observation when a whole new world starts and. It's like just the strings and stuff, and then you hear, and you're like, "That's that's Beauty and the Beast." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> God, you're so spirited. Yeah. I'm, I'm feeling intimidated. <laughs> but I, I will say, what Alan Menken does that I love yeah. is he scores perfectly to visuals. Oh yeah, no, oh, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. For you sure. hear, you know, street urchins. You hear, you know, even in like just the. Um, like even if you just listen to an instrumental track of Prince Ali yeah. or something, you can see the visuals. You know exactly mm-hmm. which beats are showing. You know, mm-hmm. totally. Like going through these soundtracks, you can you already are with the movie. You're not yeah. even watching it. Just like going along with all these tracks, you're you're there. You the images come at you in in a different way that you know another soundtrack um, could do, uh, where it kind of gets you an emotion. This like gets you the exact movie, which I mm-hmm. think is pretty remarkable for a composer to do um it's more than just yeah. making good music it's actually mm-hmm. making music that'll bring you to mm-hmm. moments and bring you to actual yeah images i will say though are we still talking about aladdin or are we just talking yeah, about making in general yeah. okay so i'm talking about aladdin um of the three scores today i think i have 
the majority of my qualms with Aladdin. Oh. Um, I love, I absolutely love a number of individual songs at Aladdin. Prince Ali, one of my favorite songs in any Disney movie. Friend Like Me, absolutely fantastic. Whole New World. Even One Jump Ahead I really like. But there's something about the the cohesiveness of the music, listening to it from beginning to end. I often find that it's one of those where it has a number of standouts, like these songs, but then as it kind of transitions between score and, and music, that sometimes it can get a little muddled or you're, you kind of lose track of what's going on in terms of the music. Um, whereas something like Beauty and Beast, and we'll talk to it when I get there, but I think that has a very cohesive score that the music feeds into the orchestral score and vice versa. Mm-hmm. And then Pirates of the Caribbean, obviously being a complete full orchestral score, I think is quite well well done in itself, and it has a natural transition from song Absolutely. to song. Um, but I think of the three that we're talking about today, Aladdin perhaps does that the weakest. Um, and I do find that it maybe doesn't have the most kind of individual themes. It's got a very kind of, like, it's got a couple of central themes, and most of them are the music that is sung with, like with any musical. Yeah. But in terms of besides that, um, the music itself doesn't necessarily have like a theme that's recurring that's not a song. That you that's true. To. But I think that, yeah, like your big one is Aladdin's theme, but that is like from mm-hmm. One Jump Ahead. Exactly. Jasmine has her own theme that's pretty good, and Jafar, I think, has... I think Jafar is the only one who maybe has one that's not a song. No, J- Jafar's is like a variation, like a darker variation yeah. on Arabian Nights. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, the, yeah. yeah. The, the Sultan has like royal fanfare that comes with mm-hmm. him. Genie and Jasmine have the same theme. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. it goes with like the whole wanting to be free yeah. motif and everything. Uh, I see what you're saying and I understand what you're saying. I think I disagree with it a good mm-hmm. bit, but we'll talk about that more when we get to Pirates. Mm-hmm. Uh but kind of, I'm not sure if this fits into what you were saying, but uh, I, I do love the soundtrack for Aladdin. And I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with re, like the reoccurring themes and motifs no, 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 no. from this. Okay, you, you made it sound like that was like no, it's, hard knocking. Yeah, there's nothing it. wrong with that. I was just saying, compared to the other ones, this one perhaps, and it's difficult to compare it to Pirates because, again, that's a, already just a regular orchestral and, score. Um, but it perhaps doesn't have its the most original music outside of. The songs. Okay. Used. Okay. I'll put I'll put a pin in that for when we talk about pirates. But yeah. uh, with uh, with Aladdin, uh, yeah, I I was able more or less to like be like okay, like I know like what scene is happening, what part of the movie we're at, mm-hmm. for the most part. But I actually feel uh, the part of the Aladdin score that I actually thinks I I actually think I actually think uh, suffers the most is that like the big dramatic moments. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I found myself listening to it because I was kind of like, okay, like, one jump ahead, they're at Aladdin's place, Aladdin's getting swindled by Jafar. Okay, they're in the Cave of Wonders. But then, like, at, like, those big dramatic moments, things kind of <laughs> sounded very similar to yeah. each other. And, like, I don't want to say generic, but it was very mm-hmm. much like, oh, this is mm-hmm. this is the dramatic moment. Yeah. Whereas, like, like street urchins, one jump ahead, I was like, okay, like, I know what's going on. All the auxiliary percussion. Yeah. And, like, the like in the the gardens when mm-hmm. Jasmine's in the garden like that was kind of like oh like I love this like everything leading up to a whole new world everything immediately immediately mm-hmm. after a whole new world when Lang gets grabbed but then it's just like like all like the quieter more like intimate tender moments I think are like the best parts mm-hmm. and like yeah so I just felt like the dramatic moments just felt very yeah. just 
I was kind of like, oh, okay, so this is this is the genie being evil. This is them on that snowy mountain. This is Jafar singing yeah. his his weird song or whatever. I was kind of like, and eh, but like everything else, I thought yeah. was like, okay, like this is all really good. I liked how they used all the different motifs and everything because I honestly had never noticed that they reused Arabian Nights and mm-hmm. One Jump Ahead yeah. like as those characters' themes. I was mm-hmm. like, oh, like that's. Yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought yeah. it was really good. Yeah, no, that's that's yeah. cool. And I, I was just I, saying, I, I, I don't yeah. mean to look at you when yeah, I'm no. saying this. It's just well. And the other turns. thing I was going to say is, Robbie, you talked about it a little earlier with um, Alan Menken doing like you can feel the beats of the movie and the music. Mm-hmm. And I think that he does that exceptionally well. There's just a couple of there were just a couple of moments in the in the soundtrack that I was listening to that it it to a point was like was almost like the reaction of what's happening more than like the musicality of yeah, it was the a, little car- a little cartoony at times. Yes, where, like you know, in the the final battle, crash at the, yeah, somebody hits in, like, the, the ground. The final battle at the end, um, mm-hmm. that track in particular, I kept. I was listening to it and I was like, this isn't really musical, but I can tell the beats when people are like moving around. Yeah. yeah. So, I think. There were there was stuff like that, and that I mean that happens in, in lots of animated movies, but yeah. we're, we're getting real nitpicky with this because but all three of these scores are real good. That that also happens a lot with like stage musicals, yeah. which Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin and yeah. a lot of Alan Macon, Howard Ashman stuff. Mm-hmm. Rest in peace. Uh, like they do base mm-hmm. a lot of their movies Be- Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. I think Aladdin especially they like draw a lot yeah. of influence from like Broadway and bunch no, of other sources. Yeah. And they're like yeah. we try we to make we try to make them like a stage yeah. musical. So I think I I think it's okay when you have like the orchestra to like mm-hmm. kind of like be the sound effects yeah. to like help know what's going on because that's part of like what mm-hmm. the movie is yeah 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 that's a that's a moment where it enhances the visual mm-hmm. more than it you know does anything yeah. for the score itself but when we're talking about score you yeah. know or if, you're talking sing- about, if you're singling the score out yeah that's, then... that could be a knock against it like you you made a good point that it's supposed to they take a lot of inspiration from musicals and broadway shows in particular just because of, that's what a lot of alan menken and you know, its work is, um, but like what I was saying is like Brad Kane, who does the singing voice for Aladdin. Mm-hmm. I was talking about earlier. It sounds. I said it sounded like he's in a high school locker room sometimes, especially on one jump, where he's just, it's just so echoey and stuff. And maybe it's supposed to sound more like it's in a theater, and maybe bouncing off the acoustics of a large, you know, auditorium or something. But still, like I'm not gonna say it does anything, like in my voting, I but. Know. Okay. It was I, a knock for me in just a sense. I, I, have, I have a question then of like separating the score from like the visual aspect of just devil's advocate mm-hmm. now curiosity. In, a, in Hercules, when you yeah. listen to uh, One Last Hope, mm-hmm. and like in the movie, there's the whole bit after Phil gets zapped by lightning where he's like, okay, and then Herc's like, oh, really? You'll do it? Like, oh, can, when, when do we start? Can we start now? In the soundtrack for Hercules, all of the dialogue is cut out so it's just you hear phil say okay and then there's just like a solid like 20 seconds of musical filler Mm -hmm. before he starts singing again and i'm just wondering how would you like how would you consider that would you consider that to be like the same as like the sound effects kind of thing like trying to separate it from the like because i feel like that makes the song like on the soundtrack i feel like that makes that a weaker song by getting rid of the dialogue because it's just musical nothing Rather than like well, having and, what actually yeah, happened, and that and occurs, so I, I, I'm just curious. Well, as and, to and your um, that also happens in Go the Distance too. Um, yeah. There's a long yeah. stretch that, of that song. That's like half of the song where there's a lot of dialogue, and it's just the background music to the dialogue. Mm-hmm. And so I would almost consider that 
similarly, but kind of, it would have a different consideration, I think. It's similar um, to a Broadway show yeah. where, like, an orchestra will vamp yeah. while somebody because you have to, says cause, something. Yeah, because you obviously song. wouldn't have this large, flowing piece of music while people are talking. But most of what happens in Aladdin is they're, they're doing an action. It's not during, like, a dialogue scene that, that this music is taking place. And so that's why I'm like... And this I, soundtrack in particular, yeah. often in those stretches, does put the dialogue in. And, like, yeah. Arabian Nights, where you have... Robin Williams. Yeah, you do hear Robin Williams uh, doing his whole bit. He's in the soundtrack. <laughs> the only part where a lot of white people playing, uh, you know, people from the Middle East, where anyone does an accent of any kind, and I, it bothered me just a little bit. Yeah, <laughs> I was, I was it, like, yeah it's not good. I was like, we talked about Apu from The Simpsons a couple episodes ago, just like as a joke, and then I was like, oh, maybe this is relevant to our conversation. Yeah. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. Yeah. I'm talking about the songs. But yeah. I think I I want to underscore what you said earlier, Brett, because I never realized it, but I agree that like I think um, there's like this movie does focus more on on atmosphere and beauty and kind of like the the more whimsical parts of the movie mm-hmm. than it does like the dramatic parts because um, like I always my own, my takeaway from the the score and soundtrack is that it's very light and pleasant mm-hmm. and beautiful and mm-hmm. um, fun and like happy and stuff, but the movie itself. Like it is that too, but it also gets a lot darker, and I for some reason don't feel that mm-hmm. from the from yeah. the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. So I think that is a good kind of um, of the three. Even though like yeah. we have you know two fairy tales mm-hmm. in here, it score or music wise maybe the most like storybook esque. Yeah. If that like even Beauty and the Beast has like its moments that I feel like yeah. are a little darker or something. Yeah, and we can talk about that when we get to the yeah. Movie. But yeah. I I think the I think the percussion thing is I think it's kind of cool though because like. One thing I really like about this this soundtrack um, is I think it's like a good balance between like singles and just serving the movie. Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. you can listen to um, a whole new world by your, by itself. You can mm-hmm. listen to one show ahead by yeah. itself. Um, uh, Aladdin's theme, uh, but then there's ones where you like you really just get taken in. Like how Robbie was saying, you just get taken mm-hmm. into the movie and stuff. And I think those yeah. percussions and crashes kind of allow for that to happen. And I don't necessarily, I personally wouldn't knock it just because I think it's like. I think it's just like an interesting kind of talented, impressive thing yeah. to do. Not sure it's not like the sure it's not like a song that you want to just put in the car mm-hmm. because it's just going to be a lot of like crashing and yeah. a lot of chaos. But I think it's still well, yeah. like orchestrated and stuff yeah. and, well, and, and I'm, interesting. I'm not necessarily knocking that, like whenever it's used. It's just there were a couple of tracks in this Aladdin score in particular where I found that being more present than the actual, like, music. Yeah. So that's that's kind of where I'm A little overused. A little overused, yeah. Okay. And so that's what I'm just saying with that. And then this, okay. this score, I think, has perhaps the least, uh, like, cohesiveness to mm-hmm. it. Because, like you said, the fact that it doesn't connect with the dramatic parts. Yeah. I, then you're, they're like, that That would show it has a lack of cohesion. Yeah. And I could see that that point, because I agree. Like, yeah. it's the it's, dramatic stuff is a little... Yeah, its highs yeah. are very, very high, though. I yeah. Say. Oh, no, its highs are fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But do we have anything new to talk about with it? Or are we going to keep, you know, on. gushing and hitting the same points we've been making? Move on to Pirates? Let's move on to talking about Pirates. Pirates of the Caribbean. The odd man out in this. Yeah. It's difficult to compare it, but, but Pirates also has, like, such the iconic themes in it. Yeah, yes. Those are Just, almost, yeah, that those are almost, <laughs> like, those are almost in their way their own, like, you know, sing-along songs. So it kind of works. Yeah. Um, to me, uh, you know the meme of, like, the guy turning up the... Uh, 
dial to like 10 and like holding his hand up as he's like singing along. <laughs> That's me when uh, the pirate's theme comes. Yeah. Bah! He's a pirate. Bah! Yeah. Bum, 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 like just. <laughs> <laughs> I go, <laughs> I go hard for he's a pirate. Yeah, he's yeah. pirate's great. I will say my middle school orchestra. That was the thing when we were going from the fifth grade into our middle school, and they like take you to the middle school and show you like all the different electives you mm-hmm. can take. And the orchestra plays, and the theater people do a skit, and the choir sings a song, and the band plays a song, and like yeah. mm-hmm. they do all that stuff, and our kids show some art or something. Yeah. But the orchestra always played He's a Pirate, mm-hmm. and they got so many kids into orchestra just by... Because <laughs> yeah. the band played, like, our school song or something, and it was fun, but, like, like the orchestra got to rock out. Yeah, my, my, my high school mascot, were, we were the Pirates, and so we played a lot of Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> um, it was all a lot of fun, though. But Wikipedia refers to it as their swashbuckling yeah. the film's main, quote-unquote, swashbuckling theme, mm-hmm. and I think that is the best way to refer to it. It yeah. is. Yeah. It is very swashbuckling. Film is an appropriate amount of swashbuckling. Well, and if, fun. Yeah, if we're talking about, like, so technically on the album, it's credited to um, Klaus Badet? Badel? I, I, I said Badel. I think it's Badel. This thing has yeah. such a troubled, rushed production. But yeah, but to Klaus Badet is, was a student of Hans Zimmer. Like, Hans Zimmer oh. was the main composer they, they on collaborated. it. And then he, he got the credit for it. And then Hans yeah. Zimmer got credited on all the subsequent films, except for the fifth one, which was somebody different. And Alan Silvestri um, was hired T-I-L. originally to compose yeah. the music. Because yeah. so Alan Silvestri dropped out. And then they're like, Hans Zimmer, he's like, no, because I'm working on The Last Samurai, and I promised I wouldn't do anything yeah. else. But I know a guy. Mm-hmm. And then they had to work with I don't know how many other composers yeah. under Klaus to get yeah. this thing made. There's a lot, but I would I would say that this this kind of um, this pirates theme is one of the it's one of the most iconic movie themes. Like you hear it and you instantly know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's a real testament. And the thing about this movie is that it has what what I like about it is that it has a different theme for each character. Like, there's a Will and Elizabeth theme. There's a Barbosa theme. There's a Jack theme. There's the He's a Pirate, which is also kind of the Jack. But the fact that it can, that they can kind of, that it does a good job of, of playing it with the character, but then also in two characters in the same space, they can mix them together, which some movies don't necessarily do the best. Um, and they transition from one to the next. And then they can kind of change the theme depending on the situation. Um, is a skill that's, that you don't always get in, like, a film composition. Um, for a score, and I think this film does it very well. I agree. This isn't really a note, but um, I put on this score when I was driving to Whataburger earlier, and I accidentally went like 55 on the street just because I was getting so into the music, and I was like, I'm on this adventure to Whataburger, and then I just went fast. I was like, oh, I'm going too fast. Um, but I think it's just, I, but I think that's one thing that's really cool about it is just like, it's, it's mm-hmm. very engaging yeah. and very Im- immersive. And I agree to you, uh, that it's, um, so iconic, uh, that most people can just hear mm-hmm. it and just already be like Pirates of the yeah, Caribbean, yeah. which is pretty remarkable. I mean, we, there are of course tons of movies that do that, but when you actually like get down to it, ones that are so immediate like that mm-hmm. are insane and, yeah. and and more rare than you'd think and it's even with the beat some people can know it because it starts with the dun 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 and people can know that yeah. that's what it is yeah what I will say about this is he's a pirate and some of those individual themes are very iconic but some of the rest of these tracks are maybe a little more bland and yeah. more general action adventure movie 
Um, I think it was when I was reading up on this, there was one critic who described that, like, other than the main theme for the movie that starts off and starts the credits and everything, mm-hmm. that this film, this music could easily be about an alien attack, police force raids, chases for nuclear weapons, <laughs> or any other militaristic setting. Like, mm-hmm. and I think they make a, a pretty good point there is that like you have some of, you have some of the very great swashbuckling mm-hmm. moments, but maybe the rest of the movie is just a little generic. Has maybe some of the same issues that like. A Marvel movie has that we, you know. Mm-hmm. I would say I think there no, there are definitely there are definitely tracks in it that are kind of that generic action adventure track. I think I don't necessarily know that it's that generic that you could say it's like a police raid or something like that because I think just the instrumentation in it. Yeah, I don't it, think it's an alien yeah, invasion. No. The that's inst- that's the, a little yeah, no, the no, it's too scary. Yeah, yeah, I, no. I don't know. Yeah, totally. Agree. I think the instrumentation in it itself kind of conjures either a seafaring or like swashbuckling. Um, kind of thought. I think that this film does a really good job, and we talk about it with any score, of establishing atmosphere. And it's especially good at transitioning from like a high to a low. So say you're going from the heroes doing something to the villains. They're very good at the quick transition from one theme to another. Um, and then kind of establishing that, oh, this is the bad guys. And you can tell because it's much slower and it's got the, like, the dong, dong. It's so... I think that that works well but i agree that it definitely has some some generic parts yeah. in it that's a good point um to bring up because um obviously i haven't gotten um since like seeing it before we started the season i haven't rewatched it since but i feel like if i wanted to rewatch it after having listened to the music mm-hmm. i bet where this shines is like when it's transitioning and like in the mm-hmm. establishing shots before it gets yeah. into dialogue like mm-hmm. i i think that tone will like or like that that's kind of like good and evil thing that you're talking about is where it hits like it hits it because um i like some of the songs like in the middle or like in the transition are pretty just whatever Mm -hmm. and stuff but a lot of like the first like couple seconds or something like that like just enough to like transition into something or just Mm -hmm. enough to like set a tone um are like uh noticeable Mm -hmm. and um easy to identify too so i think i bet this movie I I don't know because I haven't seen yeah. it since, but I bet that's where it shines and it's um, in its music mm-hmm. is transitions or yeah. leaving and going and coming to yeah. and stuff. Not necessarily like underscoring actual moments and stuff because I think this is actually a little bit not a direct opposite, mm-hmm. but I think it's it's like kind of an opposite to Aladdin where I feel like it's got its big moments, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have like the smaller moments um, or like the more longer mm-hmm. case things. Whereas like we just like we were talking about yeah. Aladdin kind of like. Falters a little bit on mm-hmm. its stronger moments and relies more on the actual yeah. visuals. So I think it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I actually didn't think this one was very cohesive or like I thought it was like I'm trying to think because yes, it's got those great themes that everybody recognizes, but it doesn't do anything besides those few themes because you got the da 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 the he's a pirate and then uh the song that plays when like jack is introduced mm-hmm. and then every track after those is just build up or falling back from some variation mm-hmm. on those same melodies and it's just like everything just kind of sounds the same after a while and it was just like i couldn't hear any difference in between the good, like when the good guys were on screen, when the good, when the bad guys were on screen, like thinking about it when I was just listening to it, it was just like, 
okay, something like it's building up, it's getting louder, then it's da, 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 and I'm like, oh, okay, there's that is. What track is this? It's, oh, this is called Barbosa's Hungry. And then like Will and Elizabeth is another variation on that, and like I couldn't tell you like who's supposed to, like what like what piece of music, what theme goes to which character, except for the one that plays when Jack Sparrow like is introduced, which is mm-hmm. a great scene. But I honestly couldn't like. And you say like these things are so iconic, everybody knows them. They're like on par with like the musical numbers, and I think that's incorrect because with the musical numbers in Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast, they each sound different, and you can tell which one is which. And I guess that goes with them being a song, but they each sound so different from each other. And then the musical themes are made so much different, like throughout the rest of the movie. Whereas with Pirates of the Caribbean, it's these same pieces of music just used over and over again and I understand part of that is from like the limitations and the time like constraints that Klaus had when he was making this but still it just sounded the same and started just sounding repetitive and not grating but I was kind of like okay we get it he's a pirate that same piece of music something's happening and there was also there were also a lot of tracks in the middle where it was just like something big was supposed to be happening and it just sounded loud and harsh and unpleasant and I looked, I read up on it, and apparently when they recorded some of it, they recorded with the gains so high that it caused distortion. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's really? and it's just like that's like that's just recording one hundred and one is that that's a no go. And so it was just even without I don't know where the distortion was, but some of it just just sounded so loud and harsh. I was kind of like this isn't pleasant. I guess the ship's blowing up or the bad guys are on or something, but. Every like everything was just some variation on he's a pirate or the Jack Sparrow theme because I don't know what else to call it. And it was just kind of like, and I felt there was no difference between highs or lows because I felt the whole thing was just highs and I thought it was on the same energy level the whole time. And while it is a great energy level, I was playing Dark Souls 3 while I was listening to all these tracks. And like, yeah, I was getting like, there were moments where I was like so into it. I was kind of like, this game's terrifying. The score is freaking me out. Like, my God, the energy in this room is intense. Don't touch me, you'll explode. But still, it's just kind of like it was just high the whole time, and a lot of it just sounded bland. And I just like, and I couldn't tell you what was like where we were in the movie, what was going on, like I could with Aladdin or when we get there, Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, yeah, yeah. I will say, um, just in response to that, um, I think one of the things that I've always thought was kind of a weird thing with the the score is that a lot of the like if you look at the track like you were mentioning looking at the track yeah names, the, the, the track the, the tracks name no were way, made before they yeah, were recorded no the, I, I, yeah. I know I, I got that and that and so I looked at that and was like wait this is not yeah. what's because like, I got confused on that so then I was but then that also yeah like, so I was like okay so now I'm even more in the dark about because I think like where we are the Black Pearl actually has Will and Elizabeth's theme in it. And it's like it's a whole bunch of the the tracks never really line up very well. And with, then, do they just correspond with like scene is. names? Yeah, it corresponds mostly with the scene. And but, so, but then the Will and Elizabeth track also has like yeah, just more music from that Black Pearl track. And I'm like, yeah. So are we on the Black Pearl? We have with Will and Elizabeth yeah. where? What? And, and so it's it just yeah, like, talking about like talking about with mm-hmm. like Aladdin, like Robbie said, like being able to just so perfectly visualize like yeah. where yeah. we are, what what's going on with this. I was just kind of like anything could be going yeah. on. I, I couldn't tell you when it was supposed to be the good guy theme or the bad guy theme mm-hmm. because it was all just the, 
and and I, and I know the music doesn't line up with all the track names, but the one that I thought was like, oh, like this is actually like really good. I can picture this was the, the underwater march. Mm-hmm. But like as soon as I thought that, it just built up to dun 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 dun. dun. I was like, there there it is because that's almost every single track of that score is just mm-hmm. build up to some variation of that. And after a while, it's just kind of like, okay, I get you had time constraints, but like. There, I, there, there needs to be something more yeah. to it. I disagree a little bit, and this is obviously where we're getting into a more subjective argument. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that there is, there are differences. Now, granted, I have listened to this score probably a hundred times, like just on its own, and then probably seen the movie more than that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm very familiar with, like, I can listen to the score and probably recite to you, like, what the scene is currently happening right. from listening to the track. Um, so to me, it's, it's, it's. Yeah, that, more difficult to see it kind of from your point of view. And then it's hard to argue yeah, with the subjectivity. Yeah, because no, I listen to it and I'm like, I can very clearly tell that this is when the bad guys are in and this is the bad guy's theme and this is the good yeah, guy's and the, theme. And but, that's something that... Yeah. So, I understand, yeah, I understand where you're coming from. And I do I do grant, like I said earlier, I do grant that it, there are definitely parts where it's kind of generic. And there are some of the action where it does get very bombastic. Um, in terms of a film only using the same few themes... Um, over again, I think with this it kind of works because they're because a lot of times films will use the same theme without variation, mm-hmm. and the fact that they vary these themes so much and kind of put them together or, or like kind of deconstruct them in certain ways in the composition, um, it's it's kind of I, I give that a plus because it, it does more with it, um, especially if they didn't have you know the time and, and stuff to do what they made in the time that they had. I think was really good. So, like, I understand that, and I understand like it. Like, I do recognize that like it does do like it does try to do some variation, while other movies will just kind of redo the same thing. But I think my gripe is that just like every track is like it's just a little variation just to get you to yeah. that same theme, and everything's just kind of like like I'm like <laughs> I made a joke about it. Like when I heard it come on, when I heard that same theme again, I was. I just imagined, like, I was at a concert or something, I was just, like, whoever was up on stage was like, hey, you guys want to hear that same song from Pirates of the Caribbean? And I was just like, <laughs> yeah! He's like, well, here it is! And it's just, and I just felt like every track was just a slight variation yeah. of something or some, something just a little different just so you could get to that yeah. same theme. I was kind of like, okay, like, <laughs> we yeah, get I it, swashbuckling. Like, I see where you're coming from. I do think it's a little hyperbole because, I mean, not every track does that. I mean, like... But, I, but yeah, it's I definitely just, see where you're coming from. One, 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 one of those two themes. Yeah. I think it's, it's like when uh, Bruce Springsteen plays a show and he just keeps teasing Dancing in the Dark. Yeah. <laughs> but you know it's going to be the last thing yeah. he plays. Or like Europe when they play the final council at the beginning and the middle and the end of the concert. It's never the final countdown. Yeah. Um... I think I live in the middle between you guys because I I totally see your point, too. Brett, that it's um, uh, that it rides the themes a lot or whatever. Like I, it definitely there are a lot of times when it really there's uh, there's a lot of times when it really just kind of builds to like a return to the theme, which is like I would like is I'd say pretty common still in soundtracks, but I agree that they, they kind of overuse it too much. Um, but I think it's a little bit. I think there are a little bit more high highs and lows and uh, than you're giving it credit for. I mean, again, it's your opinion, so I'm not going to fight you with it, but um, I, I, I was listening to it, and I was able to kind of see when, like, you know, these are, like, when the bad guys are coming, these are, like, when the good guys arrive, or, or vanquishing, or something victorious. Um, so I think there, there is a little waveform, but um, it, it does lack kind of, like, 
very distinct, different songs throughout. It kind of rides it a little bit too much with the yeah. references and stuff. And, and that's that's why I kind of give it a knock more than like these other two movies, which like while they might like have the reoccurring themes and like reuse that same melodies and everything, but they're just the highs and lows are so much more defined, and there's so much more distinction between them. And th- I I felt like they're more, more cohesive than. Pirates, which was just kind of like, oh, slight highs with slight lows, but just kind of like the same yeah. thing going on the whole time. You know. Like, I, I see what you're saying. I understand. That's just my counterpoint. You know, it is like, it is like a lot of high energy and a lot of like repeating and going in circles and stuff. Kind of like a roller coaster ride. Except with a roller, <laughs> with a, except with a roller coaster, you peak at the very beginning, and you never get as high as you do at that first moment, which is exactly what happened with the parts of the Caribbean score. Because you start it, and within the first three tracks, you get those three iconic like melodies. It's like, okay, cool, we're here. But then the rest of it is just downhill with slight ups, slowly getting lower and lower until it's over. For sure. Wait, so, were you, was that a counter to my point? Or yeah, on it, my it, point? It, was, it wasn't. Well, a, okay. I didn't really have a point. Using your own <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I was you. turning it against you. Like, okay. It's like a roller coaster. Like, yes, roller coasters are exciting, but they ultimately just get lower it's until they slow down and stop. Diminishing returns yeah. is what you're saying. <laughs> but you peak early, which is... I also, I was like, I, you're right, this is like yeah. a roller coaster. I would just say that, like, <laughs> to be fair, the score ends with he's a pirate, and they use it in they use it in the movie, very similar to, like, how Star Wars ends with their fanfare. Yeah. But they do they bring it back. So I will say the excitement they definitely bring back at the end. Yeah. Um, but that's... Sounds like some of us are gonna have to agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and move on to talking about Beauty and the Beast. All right. Uh, the other film it shares another similarity with Aladdin in that both uh, love themes from these movies have a duet version at the end of it yep. with Peebo Bryson of all yes, people. Yes, I noticed that. <laughs> I was, also, so when I went quiet while we were talking about pirates, it wasn't just because yeah. I kind of made my points, but like I started getting really deep into the Peebo Bryson Wikipedia over here just being like, he's done three <laughs> Disney features. Which he's, yeah, he, is. he is that soulful Disney voice that you think like yeah. they play his version of a lot of their songs at like the parks all the time. It's, yeah. it's question. So he did uh, Beauty and the Beast with Celine Dion, very mm-hmm. famously. Mm-hmm. That's kind of his big call back. You know, yeah. that's, that's yeah. kind of the touchstone of his career. Uh, did a whole new world with Regina Bell for Aladdin, and uh, then did As Long as There's Christmas, uh, Christmas with Roberta Flack for Beauty and the Beast, The Enchanted Christmas, mm-hmm. as Which well as The Wishes theme. <laughs> that sure. is really yeah. weird. <laughs> but two of those are really good. Dude's killing it. I always, I always. But he did uh, Disney Parks nerd stuff. He did uh, yeah. with. Um, Kimberly Lockie did Wishes, which was a big part of the mm-hmm. uh, fireworks show at Magic Kingdom for yeah. a very long time. I do always look forward to in these scores the like very '90s cover <laughs> at the end of every soundtrack because <laughs> it's like you'll be listening to the score and you're like, oh yeah, yeah, and then you, you and it's like, like synth chime. yeah, and then you just hear you just feel the '90s coming through your radio and it's like, what is this? I feel myself getting transformed. Yeah, that's like okay. Were we, were we? Okay, this is just quick. Are we counting those? No. Okay, no, good. No, no, those are really no, just singles like, I did, I to help listen. promote yeah. the film. Okay, yeah, they like yeah, started, never. and I was like, okay, no. Yeah, the Celine Dion Beauty and the Beast was literally just to like market the movie. Yeah, yeah. but like people like, got upset iconic. when the new Beauty and the Beast ended with Ariana Grande and John Legend doing it over the credits, and I was like, that's how the first movie yeah. ended. It was just Peebo Bryson and Celine Dion. Yeah. 
And I was... <laughs> I think that was just people being like, oh, this movie was unnecessary, and it's not very good, so, that's, like, why are we... Why, why you gotta spit to on say. it after stabbing it? Or but this is... Something like that, but, like, yeah, it's like, that's that's what happened. It's like, <laughs> like this is the movie. This is, they're just updating that. I, I think it also just showed, like, how unoriginal and unnecessary this is. It's John like, John Legend oh, you is guys our wanna, new Peebo Bryson. You, Fight me. You guys want a beat-for-beat beat remake <laughs> I like, of I think I like Beating John Legend more than Peebo Bryson. Do you? You did a lot of stuff with Roberta <laughs> Flack. Uh, well, you, you guys can uh, do that quite the career. Natalie Cole? Frack is head-to-head or whatever we're doing. Let's rope it back in here. I also don't know that much. Okay, we got Beating the Beast. I think this is probably the closest we have to a near perfect score. I think there's a there's a cohesion in this score. The transition from instrumental to musical back to instrumental is absolutely fantastic. It's something mm-hmm. that you see with a lot of stage musicals like mm-hmm. especially something like Les Mis or something of that nature where it's it's a constant stream of music and there aren't any breaks in it and you definitely feel that in this score. Um, France is a lot easier to set in front of like a musical score yes. background than That's a fictional yes. Arabian country. Yes. Like, in, to be fair, there's something very true. musical, like Broadway yes. musical, just about the French countryside. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. It's so odd to like, but like that <laughs> sentence. I'm like, I don't quite get it, but I'll roll with it for now. Yeah. But yeah, like you were saying, like it just has like that, just like mm-hmm. stage musical. And and we touched on it earlier about like how Alan Menken and Howard Ashman yeah. were very much like, yeah, we want to try to make this mm-hmm. like, because they they took uh, the voice actors and the orchestra and they recorded everything simultaneously mm-hmm. rather than separately and then overdubbing because they wanted to give it like a like like yeah. cast album feel to yeah. the. And that really Definitely. comes through, and yeah. like it really has that Broadway energy. Mm-hmm. Like every time you listen to Bell, and like the rest of the town is just kind of like there she goes, that girl is so peculiar, and it's just kind of like yeah. everyone's just kind of like this is a Broadway mm-hmm. show. You can that feel been, everyone's heads popping yeah, like, through set yeah, windows. Like, this is a hand drawn mm-hmm. Broadway show, yeah. and I'm like just the energy is like like the yeah. energy level in so many of those musical numbers is just as high, mm-hmm. maybe not just as high as Pirates, but like like on like. In like in like you, you get the analogy yeah. I'm trying to make. Yeah. Well, even the prologue with the speaking yeah. on top of it sounds very. Oh, and that yeah. that, that piano run at yeah. the very, with the title that, like yeah. oh well, every damn and time. I would I'm just say like, with the music in this one, in certain in terms of like like complexity of the music itself, like the composition, this is definitely more. I at least I think mature composition. It's got a lot more layers to it. It's got a lot more subtlety in the music and mm-hmm. the composition of it. Um, you definitely it this also does a fantastic job of establishing atmosphere um, and it does so consistently throughout the entire film oh yeah um, you you definitely feel all the highs and all the lows and everywhere in between I think Absolutely. with this one there aren't any because in Aladdin and even in pirates there are a couple places where there are gaps um, where the movie's happening and there's no music and then in the score like I don't really get I mean, it's, I don't get the feeling of gaps when listening to it from beginning to end no, this um, is, it's yeah. similar. Like it's very similar to yeah, listening very to a cast similar album. To listening to a cast where album. It, even if you haven't, so like Hamilton's a great example yeah. of it. I know it's got a little bit of over overexposure, but like Hamilton, you can What's listen Hamilton? to the. Oh, Don't. well, let me Phoenix. tell you. <laughs> but no, <laughs> Hamilton, if you listen yeah. to the cast soundtrack, and even though you haven't seen the show because it yeah. costs five hundred dollars to get the worst tickets, yeah, um, <laughs> you still know like. You still feel like you know everything from mm-hmm. that show, and you definitely get a feeling of that from the Beauty and the Beast soundtrack. Yep. Yeah. Um, this is something I thought was interesting, and I'm curious to see if y'all... I think, I mean, I'm 
It'll probably get like a parade of no's, but I'm gonna ask anyways, <laughs> just because I. So like I've I don't I haven't listened to the soundtrack as much as y'all have, but I <laughs> swear that some of these tracks and especially I'm trying to find it, especially Battle in the Tower. Okay, the part with where it brings in like be our guest. No, oh, okay. but what, what were you saying? I'm gonna talk about that too. There's a part in the the Attack on the Tower track where it's a whole like part with where they bring in like be our guest mm-hmm. in it and it's when it's when the the furniture is attacking yeah because yeah. it's, it's the yeah, battle it's, scene it's, so yeah, it, the they, scene. they take be our guest the mob ironic, song yeah. and a couple spots from gaston yeah, and, and like and, and mix them all, mix together, all together because that's what's that's literally yeah, what's going exactly. on exactly yeah. but it's it's kind of ironic yeah. and it's, fun. it's cool yeah and it, it again shows more to the complexity yeah, yeah. What are you gonna say? i was just gonna say before that like more towards the first half of that song it's like I swear it's so, and like some other parts too, but especially that one. It sounds straight out of like Acme Looney Tunes, and mm-hmm. I think that's so weird. I don't know if y'all got that vibe, but I I would, can't say that I did. I would I uh, like recommend re-listening to like the beginning because yeah. okay. I was just like yeah, I was just listening, yeah. Uh, and yeah, like you you like listening like at home, you know. Uh, try it yourself. Hold on while we stop but, recording to figure out I just, what the hell you're talking. About. I just thought it was interesting, and it left me at kind of like. Like, and I don't know how to feel about it kind of way because I was just, you know, going through the, the songs like normal, whatever. And like, I agree with what y'all are saying. It's very complete yeah. and wonderful and stuff. But then there was like these parts and especially that where it just goes off and like, I think a pretty different tone and just kind of like straight into like Warner Brothers life or something. <laughs> like, it's so weird because it's a Disney thing. And I just felt so weird. Like, it wasn't bad. It was fun. Mm-hmm. But it was like, not I not what you were expecting. Not what I was expecting. And I feel like. At, like for a small portions, not like mm-hmm. insanely throughout the album, but small portions, I felt like it took me out of the theme and atmosphere that it was mm-hmm. making just because I was like with the, like the beauty and kind of the gracefulness of the house and stuff like that. And then randomly, I just couldn't stop thinking about like, like Bugs Bunny ban- dancing around and stuff like that. I don't know. Like, I'll have to read because I'm not. Yeah, I'm not picking up what you're. Yeah, yeah. But like, like I said, I expected yeah. this because I mean, one, y'all are more fans of it, and then two, like it's it's just a weird thing. Yeah. Like I don't. Yeah. I'm pretty sure I'm in the minority in the world, but I, uh, I just got that vibe, and I was very. Ter- I, w- like, I will off say by it. when I mentioned the bit with where they bring in be our guest again, I was I was just I was listening to this while I was driving yesterday, and I heard. Like I heard the BR guest, I wasn't really paying attention to, to where I was in the in the album, and I just started hearing BR guest, and I was like, "Why is this coming back?" And I looked at the track, and it was Attack on the Tower, and I was like, "Why is this here?" And it took me a minute to remember like yeah, I, why they used it in the because there's 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 a part where they mix it, but then there's a part where it's just the BR yeah, guest, like that, that and it's very me, jarring in this like dramatic moment. <laughs> that took me by surprise too, because I was like, "Wait, hang on, there's not a reprise of this was," but then like it started going to other stuff. I was like, "Oh wait, no, this is like during the yeah. fight scene," and then after. Like, yeah. Again, I was playing Dark Souls another 3. Another point where it serves the visuals <laughs> yeah. of the... Yes, yeah. definitely. Yeah, so I stopped and I looked. I was like, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. it's no. the battles. No, no yeah. film, That's what I thought yeah. I would. Yeah. None of these films are, are immune of that. Yeah. And, I, got, a, and yeah. I enjoyed the like the kind of com- combination of yeah, them. Yeah, no, whatever. definitely. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. I think it it's a choice that absolutely serves the visuals, but I think it's a creative choice that mm-hmm. overall is more interesting than just continuing the battle music there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Because, yeah, I think that that's, like, a battle, like, that's a high moment that I think does a little bit better than, at least me personally, for Pirates. Because for Pirates, I couldn't tell you, like, which battle was which, whereas with Beauty and the Beast, I know there's only the one battle, but I could definitely tell you, like, or maybe that's just because there's more, there's yeah. only the one high with a lot more lows in Beauty and the Beast than compared to Pirates, so. 
I don't think I, I, thought, I, I don't think I thought this one through, guys. Well, Sorry. I think <laughs> what you're getting at is kind of one of the things we talked about with Aladdin. Minkin does a fantastic job of composing to the beats of a movie, and I think you know, even when you're listening to that one battle, even though you know it's the one battle, you can tell where you are in the battle. You can tell you know uh-huh. what's going on. You kind of feel those emotions that you feel that are even amplified when you see the visuals with it. So. Mm. So something else I really like about the Beauty and the Beast soundtrack is how like all like almost all the musical numbers like serve a function to like exposit or like move the story forward rather than just being like here's a big fun musical number. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like the the one that immediately comes to mind and I got into a <laughs> heated debate with a, a one Joy Clausen before the podcast about uh, Prince Ali. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> And uh, like with Prince Ali, like it's fun, it's great. Like I love Prince Ali. Don't get me wrong, but it's like, what happens in that song other than being like, oh, here's Prince Ali. He's coming to the palace. That's the like, point. Like I know, and it's just kind of like, but it's like that's all it like, needs to it's do. Because the whole yeah, the whole I, thing is just know, his grand introduction. I know, and I'm I'm just kind of like, okay, yeah, it's just like an introduction. It's just like, okay, here's this guy coming to the palace. But like you could cut that out, and it would still like it would just be like then he just goes to the palace. Whereas like with Beauty and the Beast, it's like almost each song like serves to like drive something forward or like explain something and like I, I wasn't entirely sure what I was trying to say with this then and I'm all I guess I'm not entirely sure well, what I'm trying to say with it your, other, now. your thing in Beauty and the Beast is Be Our Guest is just a fun musical yeah. number you could get the same thing yeah, by just well, yeah. also two very so, similar see, songs yeah. see and that's, that's that's where I'm like maybe I didn't think this all the way yeah. through but I, I did feel like just to me personally maybe this is just a personal thing but I felt like the Beauty and the Beast songs like like, like, I don't, I don't want to say did more because that doesn't well, sound I fair. Would, I would, I would agree that Beating the Beast has more expository songs than, say, Aladdin. Just like more songs that like serve the yeah. story. But I would say that's not like a knock necessarily. I, I know. Against I, Aladdin. I, I, I wasn't, I wasn't that, saying it was yeah, a knock. I don't, I don't it, want you guys to think yeah, I was saying no. it was a knock at all. I but, was just saying I liked how it did yeah. that in comparison to some other movies. Yes. Yeah. I don't even know. If, well, I don't know if I necessarily even agree to that. Like, I feel like they're very similar in like. I like I didn't listen to the Beauty and the Beast and think there was more like story in it than a lot. Uh, and, and that's why I was saying maybe that maybe it's because it, maybe this is totally personal preference. Maybe it's entirely subjective kind of thing. And so like mm-hmm. that's why I said maybe this isn't fair to say. I would just say like it, it's a, it's just a thought that I had I, and clearly I I'm in the minority on this. Yeah, I mean, shout out to Joy. I'm on your side. I mean, yeah. No, I think I think friend of the podcast. You know, I think I think I think Prince Ali is definitely very important to Aladdin, but. I, I, yeah, I agree that there are more expositions because you look you look at Beauty and the Beast and it's like something there is all about what's happening in the story. Yeah, something there Belle, is to accompany a montage. Yeah, Bell, yeah. Gaston, all of those are expository for the character, so you learn who the character is. So they're definitely the mob song are all definitely about moving the story forward. But then you yeah. also have something like Be Our Guest, where yeah. there's a lot even, of songs. Yeah, in Beauty, I, I, the Beauty and the Beast isn't necessarily the most. It's just more about like the celebration of well, yeah. There's a lot of songs. What they do in with these is that there are moments that could just be visuals accompanied by mm-hmm. score that just show you what's happening. Yeah, and instead they put lyrics yeah, to it too. Exactly, make which it is a little more engaging. Definitely more, more like fun. a musical. And when you're yeah. listening to it on its own, rather than these disjointed musical numbers, maybe like in Aladdin, where you're like, okay, I have to remember what happens between one jump and front yeah. like me. You get, you know, the mob song and be our guest, and you're like, mm-hmm. I can, re- you know, song for song, beat yeah. for beat, I can remember what's happening in this movie. Yeah. This is sort of a small tangent since it seems like we're 
getting towards the end of talking about Beauty and the Beast. Mm-hmm. Have any of y'all seen like the Beauty and the Beast stage show or like the Aladdin like live show? I have show? not. So, I've always wanted to see the Aladdin on Broadway, but I have not. Seen I it well, I've only seen recording. I haven't seen it live or whatever. Yeah. But I. I don't really like the Beauty and the Beast one, like the live show. Really? I know this isn't a, applying to the, my opinion of what I'm right, going to pick right. at the end or whatever, but I don't know. It just seems like it It kind of feels less immersive, which is strange because theater is almost usually more immersive because you're there and stuff. But mm-hmm. I just feel like it takes me out of it, and I think it just works better as a movie. Like it, It's weird to me like how the furniture people are like, huge humans like bigger than Belle and stuff when you know in the movie they're supposed to be like the furniture in the house and like that's strange to it yeah. I don't think it transitions as well like what between say, scenes it's funny because we have very differing opinions on it Beauty and the Beast I saw it in 2005 so I was much younger it inspired my love of theater it made me want to <laughs> really that's what it's the show and I, I did see my local high school put it on and it's still one of the most fantastic shows I've ever seen live it's what made me want to join the theater department when I eventually got to high school so I have a very different, I have very yeah. fond memories. Of and I'm not trying to make you not like it. I'll oh, just no, express sure. my opinion. No, you have, you have some very valid opinions. I just remember it very well, and yeah. And yeah. talking about the the live action remake, um, which I didn't mind. Again, I agree that it wasn't necessarily the most necessary. But if they're doing it anyway, I didn't mind it. Um, I definitely in that movie, talking about like something like um, Bell, mm-hmm. um, the music quality and singing. Not even there's it's not even comparable. Yeah. But in the live action movie, and in a couple of other, um, in, a, in a couple other musical numbers, in the live action movie, I definitely felt the scale of it a little more. Like mm-hmm. Belle of her actually walking through the town, and you're seeing all these real people, and then going up on the hills, and mm-hmm. like doing her big moment on the hills. I definitely like visually felt the scale of it a little bit more than in the animated film. And so I think kind of with like if we're talking about in a different context, like a stage musical, yeah. I mean, that's all I really have to compare it to is, is like the live action film. Yeah. And so that's kind of how I felt about that. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, again, that's not really anything. Like, on, I mean, it's else. an issue of yeah. depth. Yeah. You lose some depth. Yeah, no, you, you lose some depth. You know, yeah. stage to work with. Yeah. And you have a draw. No, definitely. You, have, you know, definitely. as much as you can do there. And then when you have a but camera and computers, you can do. Yeah. <laughs> that was my, that was my obtuse observation on that. <laughs> and we'll, but, we'll, we'll reel it back yeah. in. Yeah. Sounds like we, we kind of talked about these three yeah. movies. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick before we do our voting. Let's go ahead and uh, thank our sponsors. Studio. Uh, Studio Headphones. They sponsored the podcast again. We've loved collaborating with them. Mm-hmm. Brett and Phoenix both have pairs of their Studio. Um, mm-hmm. Which ones are they? I can't even remember. Studio Regent. Studio yeah, Regents. There we go. Yes. I'm, see, I they're, have so much envy for these two. For, they're good. They're, they're really good. good. They're Guys, good. They sound good. They're comfortable. They're wireless and wired as well, yeah, which is so fantastic they, for me. Uh, yeah, who, it's great. Yeah. I love it. Um, Studio, yeah. Studio as a company wants to revolutionize the way people uh, see headphones, not just as a tech device, but also as an accessory. Uh, currently, the headphones on the market can only offer you style or tech, but Studio is working to bring you both. So, if you want to rock a cool pair of Studio headphones, the regents like Phoenix and Brett now have, or any of their other many options, go to studio.com, and then when you buy your, th- uh, you make your selection, enter discount code FILMFRACUS in the coupon code section and get 15% off any single purchase. And that's all caps? Film fracas, all caps, one word. One word. Studio.com. You're screaming it. <laughs> Film fracas. Yeah. Film fracas, 15% off. Yeah, and if you want to live your life more like Brett... 
like we all want to do. Like Team yeah, Brad or get the like headphones. You don't want the Phoenix. Or like I Team don't Phoenix. Live my life like they yeah. all, that. I'd warn you not to they do that. Very, but if you want, stylish. you want Guys. the headphones that I had. <laughs> Guys, these things are awesome. Twenty-four yeah. plus hours of active battery life. These, yeah. Oh yeah, I have. It's, I haven't charged it like in so long, but I still it still works mm-hmm. great. Like I've no like it's, never it's complaints about the battery. So top. Please go support the show. Support Studio Headphones. We love them. We love that they're sp- they're sponsoring the show. Enter code film frack is at uh, checkout. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Let's get to voting. All right. Hey, for favorites. For our yes. favorites, our favorites. winners this our week. Winners of, our winners of the week. I am not going first. Okay. Okay. Oof. Robbie, go first. I hey. will go first. And when we started this episode, I was. Guys, this is a hard one. We're down to our <laughs> final three. Three of the. Our final four, our final three, are three of my. You know, three and four of my favorite movies of all time. But based on score alone, my winner this week, I think it has to go to Beauty and the Beast. I think it's. A near perfect score. I think it moves the film along perfectly. Guys, I love it. I love <laughs> these, so I don't know. I just love it a little bit more than the other two. So we we've gushed this whole episode. So I'll just pass it on to Brett. <laughs> My winner this week is going to be Beauty and the Beast, just because every single song on that from that soundtrack is a banger. They, they all snap or slap <laughs> or whatever, whatever, whatever the kids are saying. But no, it's just, just yeah, I just love all of those songs. I don't think there's a low one out of any of those. Uh, and yeah, just the way, like like Carter said, the way it just manages to transition everything almost so seamlessly, mm-hmm. like, and just like none none of the themes ever get like reused too much to the point where it's like, okay, we get it. That's a theme, whether it's pirates or Aladdin or any other movie for that matter and just yeah i just think it's just it all just blends together and works so well and it's just so unique mm-hmm. i um this is not going to come as a big surprise because i started my conversation about this film by saying it's a near perfect score um <laughs> yes yes mine my winner also this week beauty and the beast and i think i've said pretty much everything i need to say about it <laughs> um mine was uh, kind of a close toss-up, almost I almost a tie, but I can't give it a tie. Um, I'm not gonna say what it's between because that would give away what I'm voting <laughs> off. But what I am picking is I'm picking Aladdin because if it comes down, there are these there's two soundtracks um, that were almost basically tied. But when I have at that point, I have to just go with my heart, and I'm so much closer to the Aladdin soundtrack. Like even just listening to it just gives me a lot of like happiness and joy, and just in general. Um, I, I, it's more familiar to me, and I feel like that alone. It was, it's suit like almost too close to call, but I gotta go, Latin. <laughs> All right, so three bests to Beauty and the Beast, and one best to Aladdin. Um, oh. do we need to get to voting something off? Yep. Yep. I'm stalling as long as I something. can. Um, <laughs> I can go if you like. Uh, I know what I'm gonna go with. Um, <laughs> after a lot of deliberation in my head, I think that overall that Pirates of the Caribbean has not the worst score. It's still a fantastic score. It's still a fantastic movie. It has the most generic points. I think Brett really swayed me with, you know, just bringing up the point that it felt like a lot of it was building to that same theme. And that theme is badass. And I feel so bad voting it off because, (laughs) like I said, I will headbang to (laughs) He's a Pirate, as I've done many times while just recording this podcast. So it pains me to say it. 
but because of just the lack of anything else, then he's a pirate. Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl has to go away from me this week. Brett Johnson? Uh, my vote this week is going to be for Pirates of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl. I'm sure that comes as a major surprise to <laughs> what? everybody here. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just, even though it makes me want to speed through a school zone, going 60 over the speed limit or whatever yeah. Phoenix was doing earlier. It wasn't a school zone. I know, I'm embellishing a little bit. Phoenix yeah. likes to hit children, is what we're saying. <laughs> no, Phoenix does no. not do that. We do not advocate that here at Film Fracas. Thank Phoenix you. But, does uh, on his own time. <laughs> no, stop, Robbie. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just... Yes, it has those great themes... But these other two movies also have great themes. They managed to do more besides those themes. They managed to do more with those themes, I feel, than Pirates of the Caribbean does. And just, yeah, I, I don't think there's anything I can say that I haven't already said about it. So, because mm. I do love that movie, I do lo- like I do love that music. But in this situation, I got to do what I got to do, and so my vote is for Pirates. Yeah, this is not going to come as a great shock to anyone, I think. Um... I'm going to vote off Aladdin, as I said. I think um, the cohesion of of that score is not quite the same at the same level as something like a Pirates or um, Beauty and the Beast. Uh, I definitely see where both of you are coming from on the Pirates score, but like I said, I, I can't tell you how many times I've listened. That was one of that and the Fellowship of the Ring score were the two CDs of, of movie scores that my mom had since I was like, like five or six and so I've listened to both of those scores to to death and so I know yeah I know the ins and outs of all of them so to me it's like second nature that this is when this happens and so I can I can definitely tell the differences but I totally understand that it's sounding generic I got you Um, so yeah just for me it's Aladdin I can probably guess what Phoenix is gonna pick but yeah why don't you just let him think for himself I mean I'm not splitting the vote um, <laughs> if that's a shock. Uh, Phoenix is voting off the Silence of the Lambs. Uh, what? I, s- <laughs> um, uh, I think I said in another episode where I think like one of the best things Disney does is production design. I feel like this might be second is the music. It might even be tied in with first, um, mm-hmm. like because the music in almost all Disney movies is always pretty stellar and always pretty yeah. remarkable. So national treasure. Yeah. Uh, mm. He, it's I, good. I like the National Treasure. Of course, so much. Yeah, I like the National Treasure. Um, uh, so when when dis- when listening to these, I realized like I mean this this is mostly just like A plus A plus A minus at this point. Like I don't these, none of these are really none of these are bad at all. No. These are pretty good yeah. and pretty enjoyable. No, they're all good. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So it's 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 tough this time. It was really discussion that swayed my vote and like made me pick what I needed to pick, and I'm gonna go with pirates. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, so well, goodbye. Pirates of the Caribbean is getting thrown out of the castle and then just making its way back over to Adventureland, <laughs> where it'll then rest. <laughs> We're throwing the whole ship out of the castle. The whole ship <laughs> well, off of the top. Of Captain the Jack's castle. just gonna stumble from the castle over to Adventureland back into his own get ride. <laughs> Who valeted this parking? So we're down to our final Someone's two. Fight. We have <laughs> Beauty and the Beast and Aladdin. Who That's here? That's a cage match. It's like, a juggernaut Disney. I actually movie. called Ooh. both of those before we started this season. Oh, <laughs> oh look yes. at Carter. <laughs> I was like, I know Beauty and the Beast is going to make it, and then I was like, probably Aladdin. 
Well, there we go. <laughs> I honestly uh, thought Pyrus was going to make it to the final. Yeah, I thought. I, I, I also had. I, 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 I didn't had know what a, number two was going to be, but I thought for sure Pyrus was going to make. I it. I wasn't but, sure, but I was like, it's going to be Aladdin and uh, Beast. So. Well, oh there you go. Uh, you want to? We want to start making recommendations and yeah, such. Sure, let's make some I'll start. Uh, this. Oh, I'm Robbie DeShazer at Robbie underscore DeShazer on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, go follow me there. I tweet stuff. I post pictures. Uh, we have a lot of fun with me and my followers. This week, uh, I'm going to recommend... Uh, I'm trying to decide. Do I want to recommend the movie I have seen or the movie I'm about to see right after we stop recording? Recommend the movie you have seen. Recommend the movie you know to recommend. Yeah. Okay. Ocean's 8's fantastic. Brett's going to disagree with me. It's a lot of fun. If you liked the other Ocean's movies, it's so much it's, fun. It's a good romp. It's it's so much fun. Anne Hathaway mm-hmm. is really good in it. Yes. Um, Sandra Bullock's also pretty good in it. Everyone, everyone's on. Everyone's fantastic in it. Rihanna, I love Rihanna. Yeah, Rihanna's also pretty good in it. So go see Ocean's 8. It's a lot of fun. Uh, other than that, Brett, it's your turn. You can find me on Snapchat at Brett, J-H-N-S-N number one. Post review of a movie as close to every day as I possibly can. Uh, give it a thumbs up or thumbs down. You can send me a message if you agree or disagree and we can talk about it. Uh, I did see Ocean's 8 today. I gave it a thumbs down. So uh, if you want to know more, you can message me. We'll talk about it. But I'm not going to get into that here. My recommendation this week, uh, I had a little animation throwback. And I the movie I'm going to watch or recommend is uh, The Brave Little Toaster, Ooh, which yeah. is a little animated movie that kind of gets thrown by the wayside. But uh, It's adjacent to the I season was, of the podcast. I always lump yeah, it in like with... That, that's, um, Land Before Time for some reason. It's yeah. Disney but, though. It's yeah, it was Disney. It was made by Hyperion because Disney only like funded it, but then a whole chain of events. That thing had, that's the movie that got John Lasseter fired from Disney initially. But uh, that's a whole other story. But, <laughs> and then uh, today he, they announced but, he's uh, leaving again. But uh, nice. it's just like yeah, like animated movie, and we're talking about music here. That that movie has some very like it has one of the darkest songs for like an animated Disney movie. Yeah, and like it's, it's a movie that's also like surprisingly mature, and it's like mm-hmm. oh, it's about like a talking toaster and talking appliances going on an adventure. Ha ha, how fun! But then like you watch it, and it's like there's some toaster. like there's so some good. very dark, mature stuff in there, and it's just I mean, is it an A plus? No, because it was made on a shoestring budget, but it. It, it's better than I remember it being, so yeah, go check it out. Give it a second chance. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at CA Spilliers, like spill something you yard in an S. Um, I'm going to try and say this. I have a lot I wanted to say, and I'm going to try to say it as quickly as I can. Um, please go and see Solo Star Wars Story. It's a lot of fun. If for whatever reason you're on the I didn't like The Last Jedi and so I'm not going to see Solo, don't, don't do that. They're not the same movie. Completely different groups of creators who made it. Um, it's a lot of fun. It's not It's not any spectacular piece of cinema, but it is really good. And it's absolutely beautiful. The cinematography on it's great. Um, so I highly recommend it. Or see it twice if you've already seen it. I found I like it more on subsequent viewings. So please go and see that. And also don't bully people just because of who they play in a movie. They're, don't bully yeah, people yeah, at don't all. Don't bully people yeah. at all. Film but also, does, also does not advocate bullying. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but also yeah. like strictly like anti-bullying actors and their Listen char- to friends. Yeah, actors and their characters. Two different people. So don't don't be yeah. a shithead. Yeah, don't. It's it's yeah. it's terrible. That's what those people are. Shitheads. And don't demand people quit their jobs because yeah, you no. don't like because you don't like a movie. Like, yes. God. There's better things to fight about than pop culture. Okay. Um... Uh, says a film says practice. the people who make, who make a podcast about, <laughs> about fighting about pop culture. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm at Bomb Phoenix on Twitter. 
Uh, you can follow me there. I hope I tweet things you like. Um, my recommendation, I just saw, it's an old, well, not an old movie, but I, it's it came out last year, but I just watched it recently because it was on Netflix. Uh, Carol is really great. Um, if you haven't seen it, I'd, re- I'd check it out. It's really good. It's a nice, like, romance movie. Kate Blanchett and um, Rooney Mara are really great in it. The cinematography is really great in it as well. It's like a, it's, you know, I mean, there's, there's um, serious kind of darker stuffs in it, but it's just, I thought it was pretty pleasant and happy because it's just a nice romance movie and um, it was quite a delight. I recommend it a lot. Yeah. Um, uh, do I make my... Yeah, Phoenix has an announcement, okay. guys. I got an announcement, guys. He's pregnant. I'm pregnant. I'm not pregnant. Um, I'm going to get sad, but if you know me, that's pretty on brand. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Phoenix. Uh, unfortunately, uh, I am leaving the podcast after this season, uh, which... If you're listening, is the next episode um, plus a bonus episode? If you maybe. the bonus episode, I could I could be it as well. You may or may not appear on it. We'll see. Yeah, <laughs> it depends if they want me or they want the fourth member that they are getting. Oh, true. Um, true. Uh, yeah, I have some life stuff that I got to do because I graduated. I'm uh, moving out to LA probably. I'm trying to find out where I'm going to live, and it would just be if I was doing this and I found something I couldn't leave or if I did it would throw the season off so unfortunately I gotta uh, duck out now before I complicate the show here that we got going on and um, that's just how how life runs I guess it's sad I like the podcast a lot I like all you guys a lot Um, thank y'all for listening and keep listening I'm sure as hell gonna keep listening keep supporting Film Fracas um, now we have to change the merch, logo. Use our yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just draw an X on the, over my face. <laughs> you guys are gonna make me well, cry. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. On behalf also, of all of us, unless they want to say something too, thank you so much for. Oh, it's a, more than for a pleasure. Doing what you've thank- done, and you're not done yet. So yeah, I mean, yeah. you can still have He's more to look forward right to. Now. I know. We're still here for another episode. Yes, like, yes. We can on. save the goodbyes. Yeah. Goodbyes yeah. next episode or the bonus episode, whichever y'all have. This is, this have is the first of many goodbyes. I, yes. I appreciate yeah. it. This this podcast is real fun. Yeah, I miss you already. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you're sitting across the table too. from us. So, thank you so much to Phoenix Zarola for all of his time he has spent doing this crazy podcast with you know us nerds here. Yeah. Why would you do this? It's a waste of time. I, do you think anyone listens? I need, you think we enjoy doing this? <laughs> I, I really am just like bringing you all along for my <laughs> Other than that, make sure you tune yes, in next, tune week next week for our season, season two, two finale. And Phoenix, the series finale. Oh, wow. He's going to start doing uh, a spinoff, Phoenix you know, in LA. Follow us on <laughs> Twitter Phoenix and Instagram. <laughs> Follow us Phoenix. on Twitter and Instagram at Film Fracas. Subscribe uh, to the YouTube channel. Subscribe to our YouTube, YouTube channel. channel. Yes. New cool stuff is going to be happening soon. New content. We, we promise there's new content coming one day. More than just <laughs> podcast episodes yes. on there. Um, other than that, go buy merch, teespring.com forward slash stores forward slash Film Fracas. The link's in the description. And uh, use always. our Amazon affiliate link. Yeah. And as always, thank you for listening. Bye-bye! Oh, that makes me sad now. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Film Fracas. We know there are a lot of shows on the web. We are so glad that you took the time to listen to ours. Thank you to Phoenix, the party Zamboni Zarola, Carter, the whole effing show Spilliards, and Robbie, the main man DeShazer, for writing and producing each episode. Please consider giving us a five-star rating wherever you listen. It really helps get the word out. You can follow the show on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Film Fracas. 
Once again, thanks for listening, and we can't wait for you to hear our next episode.